0: Let's begin. Today, we are heading to Canada for a conversation with Doug Lawrence. Doug is a mental health coach, speaker, and the author of the international bestseller You Are Not Alone, which is available now. So, Doug, welcome to the RV.
1: Well, thank you so much, and thank you for having me, and and I'm enjoying our journey already.
0: Yes, I'm super happy to go back to Canada. It's a beautiful place. I've been to Toronto once, and I really love this place.
1: And and a big diff- big difference between Toronto and where I am in the prairies. So it's totally different, but it's definitely a, a, something that you need to experience.
0: It's quite a journey from growing up on a Saskatchewan farm, so working with the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and becoming a mentor, but when you were younger, you dreamed of being a radio dj so Doug, what made you change your plans
1: I you know what what actually was the sort of the deciding factor was when we we were on the farm we um used to have the the Royal Canadian Mounted Police would come to the farm to visit and drop in and sometimes they would stay and have have a meal with us and that used to be my my mom's my mom's uh, standard line was it's not a problem we'll just throw another potato in the pot and you're welcome to stay and and they did and so I I became accustomed to you know that they were actually human beings and they you know they you could interact with them and i remember one particular time one one of them had said do you have a place we could go and and do some target shooting and i went oh this is interesting and so i said well sure i have this spot that you know i go down and i practice with my with my rifle and and they said well take take me there and show me and so we go down and we take a look and Next thing I know, he hauls out his service revolver and a bunch of ammunition, and we start shooting. And and for whatever the reason, that seemed to I went, oh, I could do this. And I ended up over time. I finished my my uh, high school education. Ended up. Uh, Applying to become a member of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and then was accepted, and that began that part of my my journey, part of my life.
0: I was reading uh, about you. I was reading your blog, and your role as a mental health coach is truly commendable. Thank you, especially in today's world where support is crucial. Could you? Cher, what inspired you to pursue a career in mental health coaching and how your journey began in this field?
1: It goes goes way back because, and and part of it, I think it it was the aspect of, I was just trying to help people and I didn't really truly know, you know, what it is that I was doing, but um, in the police force, uh, I experienced a bunch of trauma, so I ended up with post-traumatic stress myself and there was no support mechanism in place to to provide the support that I needed to be able to work my way through that and and I basically had to kind of do it on my own or or rely on on my wife Deborah and get her you know she, her and I we worked through some pretty tough times where my my behavior as as an individual was less than desirable and she knew that it de- the buried deep inside there was the person that she originally had had married and and so we ha- we had to do something we had to figure it out because the relationship was heading in the wrong direction so um it, that that was sort of the part the main start of of my journey to become that mental health mentor or mental health coach, whichever term you wish. Um, I, I tend to use mental health mentor because the difference between a mentor and a coach, it just, it sounds for a lot of people, if it's a coach, there's something broken and it needs to be fixed. If it's a mentor, it's something that needs to be maybe nurtured and developed and, and, and helped along the way. And it's it's easier for people to say, oh, I'm you know I'm seeing somebody um, as who's my mentor, and everybody goes, oh, okay, yeah, not a big deal. And, but if you were to say, you know, I'm I'm seeing a coach, everybody thinks, oh, there's performance issues and all of that, right? So, um, but to get back, to get back on track, what the I think the 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 deciding factor for me was all for for as long as far back as I can remember that I've always been somebody who focused on trying to help others be the best that they can be. And I I went through and I don't share this too horribly often, but I went through a process uh, with a hypnotherapist where we did a past life regression. So they, you know, we went, we go back in time all the your memories and everything that's locked in your subconscious. I actually uh, ended up looking at or seeing three different lives that I, I had. All three, when the, the hypnotherapist asked me, what is it that you do? All three, the responses were clearly, without any doubt, unequivocally, it was, I'm a healer. I had people that had said to me, you know, you know, part of the you're you're helping people, you're healing them. They're going on a on a journey to deal with their mental health issues and you're you're walking beside them. You're there to provide them, you know, the assistance. You're not there to diagnose or prescribe, but you're there to walk beside them. Right. So uh, that time that I spent with the hypnotherapist was sort of it clarified my purpose, my meaning, my calling. It clarified all of that, and it just it helped me move forward and to take a more defined or definitive approach to wanting to help others.
0: So you found your call. And Doug, what specific areas of mental health do you specialize in?
1: Yeah, it's post-traumatic stress, so PTS. Um, I have... I have worked with individuals that have, uh, say, bipolar. For example, is another one. I worked with a, a young person that uh, was experiencing bipolar, and so I basically listened. and And one of the things that I tell people is that as a mental health mentor, you you're too. Two or three greatest qualities are the ability to, actually three, your ability to be able to listen, your ability to be able to hear, and the third one is to be non-judgmental through that whole process. So I've worked with you know people that are bipolar. I've worked with people that have uh, anxiety, uh, depression, um, all of those things. In fact, what I'm finding now is when I'm working with uh, entrepreneurs who are starting you know, the, a new chapter in their life by starting to take a, an idea or or, or a, a dream and turning it into a reality. That I work with them, and that's one of the things that we take a look at as we kind of take a a temperature check on their mental health. Because if the if from a mental well-being, mental health perspective, if they're not in a good place them trying to start a new business is even that much more challenging. So we we focus on that quite a bit as well.
0: There is something you said that I really like is when you said no judgmental. I believe that many people do not search for help because they are afraid about being judged. Am I correct, Doug?
1: yes you are you're definitely you know there's there's a couple of things number one there's the fear of uh there's there's the stigmatism certainly with males that men don't reach out for help because it's a sign of weakness so that's one particular issue but the other one is the one that you know that you're is people are afraid to do so for fear that they'll be labeled as you know somebody who's crazy or something you know like that and so instead they they keep it bottled up inside and the one thing that I will tell people on a consistent basis is you need to talk about it you need to get it out there I know when you know when I went through the process the post-traumatic stress and that didn't talk about that a lot but I learned from my mistakes that you know that I have to talk about that so then now with the passing of my wife Deborah in twenty twenty-one, I'm going through, you know, uh different the different phases or stages of dealing with grief. And that's the one thing that, you know, I I do now is I I tell my story about Deborah and I tell my story of how, you know, her her illness and that she died from cancer. So you know, she uh, she passed away from cancer in in like I said, 2021, and I I've been I deal with that almost every day, and so it's a matter of making sure that I I talk about it. So when when I'm invited on on a, a show like yours, it's a it's an opportunity to share that and get as I call it, Deborah's story, get her story out there, which then you know. Helps me better understand how I might, what are my coping mechanisms that I'm using to be able to, you know, to be able to work my way through that. And on top of it all, while I'm working with myself to try and help myself deal with it, I'm also helping others at the same time.
0: I'm truly sorry for your loss. I read, yeah, I read about your wife, Deborah, in your blog, and it's clear she was a lovely woman. Yeah. You have great articles there. And I'd like to highlight the importance of treating trauma, particularly in your field of expertise, which focuses on PTSD. Given your experience, do you believe that aside from the pandemic, other factors have contributed to an increase in PTSD cases or impacted how individuals deal with trauma?
1: The short answer is yes, is that, you know, certainly uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, which however you want to term it, I prefer to keep it at PTS for me. um, It has over, as a result of or as part of the the pandemic and having to deal with that, people a lot of people don't understand that you know if they're dealing with post traumatic stress or they're you know or if there are things that they're experiencing as a result of going through the 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 COVID pandemic and all those things, you can still uh, you can still experience trauma. You can still experience post traumatic stress you know, th- through all of that and and that's the part that we need to kind of help people re- wrestle with is post-traumatic stress can come at you from a number of different, you know, directions. Even, you know, a young child going to school and being bullied, there's trauma that they will experience and as a result of that, they may experience symptoms of post-traumatic stress. And that's just, you know, that's a young child going to, to school, you know, to, to get a higher education, and and then they're, they have to deal with that on top of it all. But, you know, I went through some pretty traumatic, you know, events, um, and I share some of those in in the book, uh, You Are Not Alone. And, and it's primarily of, you know, of a young young lad that ends up, death by suicide and and I ended up having to transport his his body to the nearest morgue which was eight hours by by road in the middle of winter 40 below you know winter and had to you know we loaded him in the back of the vehicle the police vehicle and eight hours later I pulled into the morgue offloaded and then Spent the night, and uh, you know it was it was a it was a traumatic experience because here was actually a, a friend of mine that you know had committed uh, death by suicide, and um, mm-hmm. having to deal with that on top of you know having to do because I was. One of two police officers in the community. So I ended up, you know, as I used to say, I drew the short straw and ended up having to deal with it. And there's two or three memories that are just they're burnt in my in my memory bank. And that I remember as if it was yesterday and every time I think of that, we have those flashbacks, those, you know, the triggers that take you back to re-experience the trauma that you originally had experienced. And here we are again going through and, and experiencing it again. So, you know, it's it doesn't go away, or if it does, it takes, you know, it takes time for that to, to go. And, you know, the the important thing to just be mindful of is, and people need to be, you know, kind of watching to sort of see, but you know, having post-traumatic stress when you can't get rid of the symptoms and you get the reoccurring things, it can sometimes lead to people moving more to the dark side and contemplating suicide. And you know, we need to we need to be mindful of that.
0: Exactly. And as you said, it's important to listen and to hear.
1: If we don't reach out and ask for help, if if we don't be, work on where our healing journey is going to take us, how am I going to get there? What do I need to be able to do? What are the coping strategies that I need, you know that I need to have in place? And you don't there's not a magic wand that you can take and wave it. There's no pixie dust that you can throw and scatter in the air and everything's going to be better. The biggest thing that I can suggest to people, and there's some really really good people out there that are trying to put things in place so that people can get access to the help that they need. You know, I'm I'm involved in working with potentially a couple different organizations that are coordinating the 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 service providers that can that will be able to, you know, eventually provide the support that people need in order to be able to move forward and and i'm seeing i it just makes my heart you know fill up with joy when i think of here's some people that are taking on you know something that's significant like this you know providing the support structure for people that are dealing with you know grief with post traumatic stress you know with anxiety with depression all of those things that you know and they're trying to provide that that process that mechanism to be able to to be there for people that are experiencing that i take my hat off to those folks every single day and you know i will do whatever i possibly can do in order to help them be successful at doing you know at creating that support structure that's been my sort of my goal or my objective my dream whatever you want to call it right when I first started to do more stuff in the mental health space, it was, what do we need to do in very simplistic, uh, in a simplistic form first to get it going? What do we need to do in order to provide that support structure? Yeah,
0: This this work is precious, precious and also i would like to talk now about your book you authored two books yes and the latest one is titled you are not alone so could you share more about this book with our listeners please
1: certainly so you are not alone is a book that is very much. So I wrote two books. You're correct. So the first book, The Gift of Mentoring, is basically mentoring 101. Is how I describe it. It's it it's, it helps people get a, a, a better understanding of the mentoring process. There's some case studies and all sorts of things. It was it, it's it's kind of interesting. I got a, a text message yesterday or the day before from a from a young lad who my wife, Deborah had given a copy of The Gift of Mentoring. And he was was now just getting around to, he was taking a break or a holiday or something, and he was reading it. And so he was working his way through the case studies that were in, I think I had three or four case studies in that particular book. He was working his way through it, and he found it so helpful to him and I suggested to him he needs to now take the next step, which is to um, to get a copy of You Are Not Alone. And so You Are Not Alone was written with the idea in mind of, men, of mentoring being part of the support structure for mental health. And so I'm putting it out there and I'm saying that, you know, if... If we want to see some change, if we want to make things better, if we want to help people as much as we can, that we need to look at using mentoring as part of the support structure uh, for for mental health, and, and it it will work because you know I do know for a, a fact that it will definitely make a difference. Um, I have the two organizations that I'm doing some preliminary work have bought into the idea of mentoring needing to be part of the support structure for for mental health. And you know that includes post-traumatic stress and all the ones I've already listed. Um, you are Not Alone became a number one Amazon bestseller in North America and in the UK. It also uh, it was also recognized uh, in the Global Book Awards. It, uh it, it received the bronze medal for the global book Awards so we were quite excited about that and then as a result of all of this I've I've been elevated to international best-selling author status if you want to use that term but the book was was such that it it uh, it came to be by, just by conversation with people who said you need to write this book because you know it, it's it's the next step number one and there's a need for you to get the story out there that you know mentoring can and and will be part of the support structure and you need to get that story out there.
0: Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Doug.
1: Yeah, thank you, thank you.
0: So, as I could understand your book emphasize the intersection of mentoring and mental health correct your book take a more instructional manual approach or is it more centered around storytelling
1: it's it's a lot of storytelling and and I'm as, as you probably have gathered I'm a storyteller <laughs> and and so the book, the book follows that same sort of format. Um, and I have a third one that I'm working on the manuscript and, and it it's even more storytelling in in that one as well.
0: I believe that it's a simpler way for people to read and understand also. Also, writing a book is a significant undertaking. So how was the process of turning your blog articles into a book?
1: I ended up working with uh, a ghostwriter, to help me pull everything together and and get it all ready. And then we self-published uh, that that particular book. So, yeah, that was definitely – that was the approach. Because I had written – gosh, I forget. I can't even – a couple hundred blog articles, something like that. It, it was – and it was topics in a whole bunch of different areas, and it was actually – I had a, a, a friend of mine, a very close colleague that was writing daily motivational messages for his children, and he ended up, somebody said, well, why don't you put them all into a book format and and offer those messages, not just to your children, but to everybody else. And, you know, and so that's what he did. And then he turned to me one day, or we were chatting, I think a visual virtual chat, and he said, it's time. And I went, it's time. And he said, it's time that you sat down and you took all your articles. You've got lots of great content. It's time that you, you know, you put them into a book format and and get that book out there. And that's what we ended up doing. And, you know, um, here we are, gosh, what, three, four years later, uh, if not more, and I'm getting a message from a young person who is actually reading the gift of mentoring when you know i've kind of got okay so i'm kind of moved on and i'm focusing on you are not alone as well as the it's the next book that's to follow after that and and yet we still have people that are are still getting value from you know the gift of mentoring
0: so good that he gave you this idea and as the founder of talent C, and co-founder of the International Mentor Community. I'm sure, Doug, you have innumerable stories to share. Can you tell us a personal story that illustrates how mentoring has profoundly impacted someone's mental health?
1: I'm working with a, with a young person right now, and what ended up happening was, so we had our our first meeting. So kind of our orientation, or that's probably the best word to use, the orientation meeting where a little bit about how to get, you know, getting to know each other and sort of nuances. And what I typically do is just to make sure that, you know, I'm, I want to build a trusting relationship with this individual. And so I, I will share you know, I, I'm a retired uh, police officer. I went through 25 years in the police force. And as a result of the police force, I ended up with post-traumatic stress. And I openly share this. And as a result of openly sharing it, the young person said, well, I've, I've been experiencing mental health challenges as well. And I said, please tell me more. And So they ended up sharing that they had, you know, three or four different mental health uh, challenges that they were dealing with. And I explained to them after they shared theirs that this was good that we were able to get this on the table because I can now customize how I work with them. I can customize my mentoring approach to uh, specifically address you know to help them grow and get their business off the ground while we're still kind of dealing with their mental health and you know mental health challenges in in the background so we've been moving forward and and with great success the business is continuing to grow and but we never lose sight of the fact that we have to sometimes take a step back And sort of do a a temperature check on whereabouts we are with our mental health, with our health, but our mental health as well.
0: Yeah, basically you adapt your coaching uh, to the specific needs and goals of each client. And in addition to your books, you mentioned providing bereavement workshops. How do these workshops contribute to your mission of making the world a better place through mentoring. So the
1: workshops because my format that I use for I actually just delivered a couple hour workshop for psychiatric uh, the psychiatric nursing program here in in Regina Saskatchewan. So and, and Part of the delivery mechanism that I use is I, you know, you have your standard PowerPoint slides and all that sort of stuff. But what I do is I don't provide a lot of content or detail in those slides because I tell stories about different, different things that have happened, different situations I may pose, you know, what would we do as mentors if we came across something like this? and so then I get people to think and sort of it helps them with their creative thinking skills to be able to you know to work through that so kind of like almost like a role-playing uh exercises and stuff like that but the big thing is that is I you know I prefer to story tell and I'm actually I hate I don't want to pat myself on the back but I'm I have a speaking opportunity coming up in October that I'm actually looking forward to because no PowerPoint slides and I'm just going to tell my stories. And because it, it's an organization that does business mentoring, so they work with businesses. Well, what's interesting is, is I have stories that I can share, you know, like what we've talked about already, where young entrepreneurs, you know, all of those things and but what more importantly, what I can do is take every stage in my life and I can say, and at that time point, had I had a mentor, would the outcome have been different? And if so, what would it look like?
0: Mm-hmm. And, Doug, what, what advice would you give to someone who wants to become? a mentor, or provide support for mental health, but doesn't know where to start?
1: You know, they can certainly reach out to me, and and I'm more than willing to, you know, help them begin a a journey of their own where they're going to be able to help by helping others. But what, you know, the, the biggest and probably the most important thing that people can do is... You know, is to just be mindful, listen and hear when someone is reaching out and, and don't be afraid to say, I'm not sure what I can do, but here, take my hand and let's go and see what we can get. Maybe there's somebody else that in their circle that they can go to that um, is going to be able to provide, you know, the help and, and guidance that they need. I, by no stretch of any imagination whatsoever, I don't profess to be somebody that has all the answers, but I do know where to go to get them. And that, you know, as a takeaway for our listeners today is make sure that you understand where you can go if you can't help somebody yourself. And, you know, fear is is not part of that that. Discussion. So we all, our first time at stepping into uh, into a journey of some sort, we're always we always have some fear that I wonder if I'm going to, you know, am, am I going to do harm by suggesting something or that? If you're if you're in that particular place, then know where you can take your person that you're working with. Know where you can take them so that they can get the help that they may need.
0: Doug, I really, I truly appreciate your commitment to offering healing to individuals, especially those in need for a compassionate and non-judgmental listener. Where can our listeners connect with you online, learn about your work, find your books, and of course, assess resources related to mentoring and mental health.
1: So as far as uh, access to the book, so they can, both books are uh, on amazon.com.ca. So you'll be able to find them there and they both are there. So uh, please, you know, feel free to reach out and 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 get your copy of the book you know, today, uh, and who knows? You could be the next person four years from now that yeah. is flipping through and, and and end up having a conversation with me to let me know that you're actually reading the book, like my uh, my good friend Young Joseph uh, did here just a couple days ago. Um, people can can reach. Uh, can reach out to me through uh, LinkedIn. So I have a very active profile there. So you can reach out and contact me through LinkedIn. Uh, through uh, LinkedIn, what's the other one now that I use quite often? Uh, e- email is probably the best approach is doug.lawrence at talent c. So the word talent, small c on the end.ca. So you can reach out to me that way as well. Um, and I'll get back to you as quickly as I possibly can. There's also, you can do the uh, contact button on my website. So at www.talentc.ca, and you'll be able to do the contact us button and, and come to me that way if you so wish. So those are the pr- the prime ones that uh, that you can use to, to reach out to me. If I can get you to commit or promise one sort of thing is don't be afraid to reach out if you have that kind of that nagging doubt or you're not sure reach out to me and we'll have a conversation and and from there we can figure out your strategy to be able to go forward
0: thank you wanna thank you for sharing your personal experiences with us your work Highlights the importance of mentoring and raise awareness about mental health in a very meaningful way. And this is what we need nowadays. Mental health apparently are being taken more seriously than before. And Doug, I will be delighted to have you back in the future to tell us more about your book about these new books about grief if i'm not wrong
1: no you're absolutely correct it's uh, grief cancer mental health and mentoring yeah
0: so i will be super happy to go to Regina again and give you a ride
1: thank you so much
0: if you enjoyed this episode